Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Domeheads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Hi, everyone. This is Mackenzie Lintz. I play Nori on Under the Dome, and you're reading the Chester's Mill Gazette. Hey, Jenkins, what are you doing in my office? I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Why are you rifling through my desk? Indeed. Well, welcome, folks, and we are so glad that you have in your hands the last regular edition of the Chester's Mill Gazette. That's right. Oh wow! I'm so sweet. Yes, it's 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 it, you've hung in there all this time. It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm Doug Payton, press secretary for Congressman Rennie. That's right, and I am NSA analyst Karen Lindsay. We are hot off the presses with this issue for season three, episode thirteen, the very last episode entitled. The enemy within. Ooh, that, that that doesn't sound like a finale. You know, it sounds it like a launching point. It does, but it is the finale, and I think it's because they weren't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would have uh, it would have been very interesting to uh, to go on from here. Yeah, this was. They did kind of leave a couple intriguing little threads, but but they also tied it up too. So. Yeah, they did, and they did it in a decent way. And you'll hear later our ratings here that uh, we actually thought it uh, they did better than they have uh, much of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the masthead, this is a paper published by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. If you are listening to us in the future, um, thanks for listening. But uh, you can go back to that uh, page anytime and get our back issues. Uh, we have a Golden Spiral Media Facebook page, and we also have a Chester's Middle Gazette Facebook page. If you want to, you know, comment on there and, uh, you know, complain about the fact that they screwed up or, you know, <laughs> give, them, give them props for not screwing up or, you know, hey, I wish it would come back. Maybe Netflix will pick it up. Everybody says that. That's right. Everybody. And we'll also have news for some of the stars that move on to other things on that page, I'm sure. As so that page move, will stay. Move on, like active. episode one. Mm-hmm. Move on, yes. There you are. Exactly. Well, this episode was written, co-written by Neil Baer, who was the showrunner for this season, and Tim Schlattman. Now, Tim, uh, he was also a writer for, he was co-writer for two of the episodes this season. Episode one, which was called Move On. You know, they started off here, so we ended up as well. And episode eight, kind of middle near the end, called Plan B. Remember that one here? Jim, mm-hmm. Big Jim's Plan B is my plan B. <laughs> this is my plan B. Thank you. I, I, I just don't do it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was directed by Peter Leto. Yeah. I, I wrote a little uh, blurb about Neil Bear uh, because I think he should have written everything. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I, I gathered little tidbits about him and I wrote up this summary. Um, Bear is a Harvard graduate in the field of medicine and has had a long and varied career on many healthcare organizational research teams, 
relating to such conditions as AIDS, drug and alcohol abuse, nutrition, and lupus. It was never lupus. It's never lupus. Yeah. <laughs> he was nominated for several Emmys for his work on the series ER, which starred under the dumb contributors Eric LaSalle and Paul McCrane. He then became a showrunner for Law & Order SVU from seasons 2 through season 12. Wow. Mo yeah, a long time. Moving then to CBS. He was one of the day-to-day -day showrunners for Under the Dome throughout its run, not just this last season from the start. Um, but this is his only Under the Dome writing credit. And he needs to do more of it. He needed to write more, yeah. <laughs> he really did a good job, I think, on this one. So. No, it was fantastic. Um but yeah, we'll get to our ratings. Comparatively, comparatively, you got it. You got to put this all in perspective. Yes. Yeah, comparatively. All righty. Well, let's jump right into the discussion. Oh my goodness! And our headline this time: the dome's done. Dun, That's dun. it. Yes, it's it's chunk. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or is it? It is. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's done. <laughs> Now, I I mentioned that we were going to have some uh, some contributions from readers on the Facebook page. I said, you know, give me your uh, your headline for this finale. So I had some really good ones. Uh, and you'll hear a little bit of a, a theme here. But, yeah, Benita Butler put out, The Deteriorating Dome at Last Dissolves. Everybody's, I love that one. Everybody's liking the old uh, alliteration there. Yeah, lots of Ds. Yes. Barb Rankin said, ding dong, the dome is dead. Mm -hmm. And Libby Chai chimed in with a, a little later uh, line from that song. Ding dong, the wicked dome is dead. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking of music, Meryl Urish suggested, breaking up, up is hard, is hard to, to do. do. A little Paul Anka number. From they say that breaking up is. You want to snap along with me? <laughs> It's a good song. Yes, indeedy. We uh, posted the video on uh, in the uh, Facebook chat Facebook there. So page. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are great. Those are great. Breaking up is hard to do, and quite literally, yes. Mm hmm. It was hard to do. They had to do all kinds of things. Oh man! Well, they had to whistle too. Mm hmm. Some people can't whistle, you know. I, you know, I was watching Joe whistle, and I think that was dubbed. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it was. hundred percent. I'm sure it was. Although he whistled last week, and that was real, I think. But the singing was very bad. If you remember Barb and I talking about it, his singing was oh, very Oh, yes, yes, yes. Love is oh, a Battlefield. Terrible, yes. Yes. Terrible singing. But, yeah. Alrighty, what did you give it, Karen? What rating did you give it? I actually gave it quite a good rating. Eight magically appearing plank bridges. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> eight. You gave it an eight. Really? I sure did. I gave it eight as well. Yes. I know you did. <laughs> eight whistled notes. Very nice. I tell you, uh, like I said, it, comparatively speaking, that's one of the uh, the higher ratings I've given. I think I actually gave Move On uh, a nine. The, the the two hour season premiere, I gave it a nine because it was just it was finally getting into the kind of story I was kind of hoping we were gonna get all along. I read a little bit, um, and so, so that's why I liked it so much uh, at the beginning. But then, of course, we 
we really didn't move. We didn't really move on too much. No, I read um, an article where um, uh, that uh, Neil Bear was talking about the different seasons. One of the things he talked about was the fact that, it was like, the first season was the theme of it was qu- sort of like the dome comes down, the human issues, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the the problems they deal with there. The second season was more a question of is the dome good or bad? Should we be listen? Should we be listening to it? Should we, you know, try to resist it? Whatever. So you go back and you look at those, and it's like, okay, I can I can see where they were going. And then the third season was more the uh, dealing with the kinship and the actual uh, reason for the dome, what what uh, how it the showed aliens. up. So the, the the my issue is is that you've got three seasons, three short seasons, thirteen episode seasons, and ac- across the span of three summers, you know, three three separate summers, and it just takes so long to get. To you know, kind of the meat of the thing when, and I I know some people don't like uh, long seasons, but I think you could have packed a little more into one season and had a little more payoff uh, if you'd had more time. Right. So that's just been my uh, my thought all along here. And if you've listened Although, to our, uh, whenever we've had roundtables from other uh, with other uh, podcasters for Under the Dome, that's usually been my uh, my main complaint. Right, and. I think sometimes they also there's also a seesaw effect that sometimes they don't go fast enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like they they need more time, but then there's episodes where they just don't go anywhere. So you know, I sometimes I feel like they can't make up their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you got to throw it, filler in there, or you're going to move the story along. Right. I think it depends on the writer of that episode. Though. Yeah. So, and I understand trying to get us to, you know, identify with the characters. If you see somebody in in one episode and then something happens to them in the second episode, are you emotionally invested? Do you care? You need to kind of get to know these characters. You need a little development, and I, I understand that. And, and and sometimes people call that filler, and I don't think it necessarily is. But yeah, it, this season, for example, it really just moved rather slowly. Mm-hmm, it did. And then there were episodes with bursts of of movement. Like, like this you know, one. The, this one, definitely. And there was like two other episodes that had a lot of forward movement in mm-hmm. them. And some that just kind of went sideways. And I'm not talking about one sideways in a bad way, but, you know, the story just didn't move. Yeah. Um, it just told a lot of uh, exposition. And, you know, I, I think that was... An issue, the pacing with this season was a big issue. So, and that's an issue with the storytelling. Indeed. That's right, Neil. You need to write more episodes. That's it. Yes, Neil, please go on to something else because I really dig your work. I say that heartily. (laughs) Thank you, Neil, for giving us a pretty decent ending to the MST3K that is this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the MST3K is this is podcast. Yeah, well, that's what. <laughs> well, we start out, and and this is something I had. I don't know why I didn't even it didn't even hit me, but somebody had mentioned we call you. We got a new queen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we've all been talking about for the first two seasons the monarch, and who's the monarch? Is this going to be? Uh, you know, Julia, some thought maybe Barbie was kind of at one time, and then uh, Angie had a monarch tattoo, so maybe that's... Uh, 
it, 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 and it didn't hit me until this episode or somebody mentioned it. I wouldn't think I would have noticed it at all. A queen's a monarch. You know, right. it's not and the butterfly from a cocoon. Indeed, yes. So, monarch, butterfly. Yeah. So, oh. so, so the you know, the monarch will be crowned. There she was. Or right. even if you can, you could even consider um, Christine. You know, having yep. been crowned and just passed it along. But right. Oh man, I don't know how I missed that. And she also came out of that large cocoon. That's true. That's true. So it's it's definitely on theme. Uh, you know. Very they, nice. they stayed on that theme. And I noticed in that scene that the kinship, all the kinship drones, like the unnamed ones, they all wear Navy blue t-shirts. That's oh. how you can tell one from the other, right? You can tell the, the, the kinship. Well, well, yeah, but the kinship from the, uh, uh, from the resistance right. is that uh, if they're not wearing blue shirts, buddy, you know, and I guess the blue shirt is the domes version of the Star Trek red shirt. Maybe that's. I'm guessing. Um, and also, it tell you can tell the kinship drones from the you know the hierarchy of the kinship because like Sam and and Junior, true, and and everyone like Joe and all of them, they all wear like green or red, regular or shirts, gray, right. <laughs> but all the drones wear navy blue. All it's right. all navy blue. Well, you got to be able to, you know, see each other. You use a secret handshake or whatever out in the right. world. There, they're getting getting ready to leave. Everybody. My comment was they must have gotten a discount. <laughs> That's right. Come to Old Navy. That's I right. thought it was funny when I saw the promo picture, and it was just all a sea of Navy <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. So. Well, that was interesting. They refer to the name of the episode was "The Enemy Within," and I think that TV shows these days are. Um, Missing the chance to really, you know, get that point across by putting titles of the episode on screen at some point. Yeah, I don't know when I they stopped so doing too. that, but uh, but I like that. That way, you could have at least uh, uh, appreciated the um, the the term there. I mean, we, we he, Big Jim has been saying it for most of the season. The only thing you have to worry about is the enemy within. Mm-hmm. And then they use the term in this episode and each about each other. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because each side thinks that there's an enemy within. And they both think that they're in the right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, it's the alien invasion. You're invading. I mean, you're not really, you know, that's not. Right. How can you think that you're in the right? That's right. You're, 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 kind, you're kind of putting yourself already on the outs. You cannot think that, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, for some reason, they think they're superior. And they got, they made it all the way here. So maybe they are. I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> they got defeated pretty easily by uh, just army guys. Yeah, that's true. And they get defeated by somebody else somewhere else. That's true. Whoever's coming. But so far we haven't seen hide nor hair of them. So Yeah, in the elusive season four. Okay. <laughs> there ain't going to be one. Well, the kinship manages to surround uh, two groups of resistance pretty darn easily. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty quick. It was. It was like an opposite of that scene in uh, the Holy Grail when they show the the group marching, you know, galloping towards the camera. And each time the camera moves, they're still in the same spot. <laughs> Do you know that scene? I don't recall. Where they're that off now. in the dis- Okay, they're off in the distance, and then the camera 
changes and it comes back and they're still in the same spot. It looks like they're moving, but they're just still in the same spot. But it's making the galloping noises. I got you. Um, but in this case, you see them running towards the group. And then all of a sudden, when the camera moves, they're right up on the group. And I thought, okay, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> 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 they were right there. It was interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Barbie and Julia were burying the scientist that Hector murdered. Mm-hmm. And Benita Butler asked later on, she says, why are they burying her and not Ava? And I thought, oh, you know, that right. would have been, I mean, that would have been the emotional uh, uh, choice for Barbie, yeah. especially. And I made a remark in our notes and I said, Eva wasn't one of them. And I put that in quotes. And I said, especially not with Julia there. Um, I'm guessing Julia hustled Babs out of there. I got gotcha. you. So, okay. At least that was my guess. She was not but, infected, not part of the kinship. Right. And, you know, Julia was ready to hit the road, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get that umbilical cord and get out of here. If you want to cure your daughter, we got to go. No time. But uh, Ava shows up, or not Ava, I'm sorry, Dawn, whom we find out the, the name a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Dad. I, I like that line, but I... I was surprised. Yeah, I, and when I watched last week, now again, thank thank Barb for uh, filling in for me last week. But when I was watching last week, I was like, I thought I was watching The Flash. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not that Flash doesn't start till later. But yeah, uh, yeah so like a similar effect. Didn't she, it? I mean, she grew up fast. How did she really know who her father was? Unless. She, I don't know. She had all of Christine's memories. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of Remember. course, of course. See, that's why you're here. Straighten yeah. me out. That's right. I have a halfway decent short-term memory. Oh, halfway that's good. Yeah. It's only mostly decent. All mostly right. dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, she has all of Christine's memories. She doesn't have anyone else's memories, but she said she had Christine's memories. And my thought is that that's part of what she took when she pushed Christine into the dome. Ah, okay. Alrighty. She took Christine's, the last vestiges of Christine's. Because they did, she didn't finish, Christine didn't finish the transfer. Right. And she was uh, interrupted by Barbie. So yeah, maybe that was kind of like um, all the rest there. Just the last of everything. Yeah. Well, we finally get the entire resistance in jail. Mm-hmm. And um boy, Dawn is just ruthless. She's rude. Completely lacking Ruth. Exactly. And she's also really arrogant. Yes. Which I did not like. Trying to figure out where that was coming from. Yeah. Uh, superior, just a superior arrogance. Maybe so she I, was. Maybe she was most um, the, the the most alien of anybody so far, and so this was this may be really what the aliens thought of, yeah, humans. Mm, perhaps, yeah, that might might have been something that was implanted in her by the alien DNA. Yep, they're just so much better than us. Yeah, and that they're not supposed to have these human feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a matter of fact we're better than you. Well, is it human feelings? I, I, I didn't get the impression that these people were from Vulcan. But, no, um, but she, she mentions a lot of the time that, you know, they just don't have time for the kind of yeah. emotions. Well, and, and not even understanding what love is at this point. 
Right. Yeah, I I know it's important to you, so go on. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, whatevs. And uh, we get a nice little uh, pseudo-touching line from Big Jim about, uh, he, you can't get my dog for me. He's the key <laughs> to my heart. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, wow. You knew that had to be something, right? That was just dripping. But yeah, that was a, a great line. And that was uh, for us, though. That yes. was telegraphing for us. He yes. wouldn't have said that. Yeah. On the show <laughs> at all. Yeah. And we skipped over Junior was waking up, but that wasn't anything. He was just waking up. Yeah, he was waking up. And and, I, and later on, we talk about Sam. Um, he he was really trying to work his way in to be the alpha male here for uh, mm-hmm. for Dawn. Um, and in that conversation, he talks about um, tunnels at the cement factory. And I think we talked about them before. I think they mentioned them. At, we did. When yeah. uh, what's her name was in town running her fight club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, not Natalie. Um, yeah, her. But I didn't yeah, realize you know they, I mean. they went all the way to the next town. I well, mean, yeah, they were going to try. Angie and and uh, Junior were going to try and get out of the dome. Oh, that's right. That's through right. Through those tunnels. But that's right. They and they found, found the dome still went that far. Right. I, I was just thinking, what does a cement factory need with tunnels to the next town? I don't know. That just seems. They're, they're under the cement factory. Yeah. Um, I think it was like maybe some sort of aqueduct or something. I don't know. Hand wave, hand wave. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's your but at line. least it was something that was established. Yeah, I will. I will say that. Yeah, it just so it, this just sort of didn't quite. And I had forgotten about the uh, yeah, the, it's the first season uh, thing mm-hmm. where they had they discovered that the dome goes down. So it was deep. established not only with Junior and Angie talking about it, and then Junior and Julia. You know, he and Julia went down there. Um, I don't remember what that was, but there was a some sort of a tent, sort of like Julia followed him down there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. at one point, and then uh, what's her name, the bad chick, Maxine. Maxine, thank you. Just came to me. Right, that's when Maxine set up all her stuff, her bad, you know, underground black market, black market stuff in the Fight Club. Yes, Fight Club stuff under there. Yeah, so that was. Not only established, but like mega established as a location. And I will say that they really did do some callbacks here to previous things like that. And we'll, we'll hit a few, uh, a few of them later on, too. So, uh, again, Neil Bear, great, great job. Great yeah. job. We, we, making sure that we kind of pull at least some of these threads back together here. Got a lot right. of stuff dangling in the wind. Right. And I like that he is making sure that we are not just hand waving um there are a couple things that we don't make sense to me in this episode but <laughs> that at least was something that i'm like okay yeah i can see that there the that was supposed to go out of chester's mill and at the very least it leaves you know it, it goes um past where the dome was yes uh, because the junior knew that and we saw that the dome cut through the the tunnels so and And, then and i would think that folks in the military would have had that all figured out by this time right you would think and that that is a hand wave in itself Uh, 
So, but I mean, I'll get to the other hand wave down there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they finally bring Indy to Big Jim. Yay! And it's a wonderful, wonderful little reunion. Yes, Uh Kyle. Mm -hmm. And we get the key, wink, wink, to his heart. There you go. And it's the real key. And I like Kyle's, I know it was Julia's line. Yeah, good thing he doesn't know you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Heart, that is to say, yes. right? That was a that was a good line. That, and then they, Julia helps distract him, Kyle, mm-hmm. by saying he has a bad heart, which is funny. <laughs> and uh, it's the key to the cell. Which how convenient that he has the key to the cell. Well, that's you see, that's a bit of yeah. That's another hand wave Again. there because. How would he, I mean, how many cells are there? Maybe there's a master key. I don't know. But when would Big Jim have gotten the key and thought to tie it to the collar of Indy? Right. He's mostly been trying to get rid of the dog most of the time. Well, at the beginning, yes. But, yeah, I'm just saying that's pretty convenient that the key would be on this. Yeah, it would have been nice to kind of work away, work getting that um, on there in the first place. Let us see that at least, yeah. It would have been nice to see, you know, he had some sort of collar that he could have put multiple keys on. Because then it would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah. That there was more than one key on there. So, but whatever. Again, hand wave. Hmm. I get that. So they're trying to, um, a couple of things. They're trying to keep the transmitter cool. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, so they get the fans out there and whatever. I don't know how, how well that's going to work. Because um, it looks like it's pretty hot in there, anyway. So you can just blow hot air on the hot transmitter. Well, the dome is, you know, becoming calcifying. Opaque. Yes, right. So it's very hot. And they're and they're also uh, moving the amethysts around. These look the the acting here was very good. Heavy amethysts, quote unquote. Mm. Um, but the amethysts man. acting was not good because <laughs> you could see underneath them, and they were like. Built upon some sort of a paper mache or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. when when they lifted them up, you could see the bottom. It's actually in one of the promo shots. Oh, the one with Barbie, and he's lifting it up, and you can see that there's like a brick uh, foundation <laughs> underneath it. It's terrible. The part of but, the amethyst will be played by paper mache. Yes, exactly. He's a French actor. So the, the acting done by the actual amethysts <laughs> is not so good, but the people is good. So, but you don't, you don't pull your weight. Don just takes you out. Oh yeah. You're talking about, you know, arrogant man alive. Mm-hmm. She's, she's acting like a, a slave master. And that was more to spur Barbie on than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Barbie was like, what, why should I comply with this? And she was just like, okay, boom, now go. That's why. You better do your work. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to th- to understand why she would want to be want to be thinning her own herd, you know, taking out people mm-hmm. that are loyal to her. Yeah, that doesn't that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, right? But it does establish her as insane, man alive. And then we have Sam and Joe, and this is I, when I saw this scene going on. It reminded me of, you know, they got this super strength and they're they're whacking each other, yeah, bang, 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 up against the walls and all that. And it reminded me of, you know, superhero movies where you always wonder, what if these two superheroes, you know, started fighting each other? 
You know, would this guy win? Would that guy win? He's got this power, but he's got that power. You know, so it 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 sounded it looked to me like like, like something like from that. You know, the, the superhero fan just waiting for those two guys to start battling it out. Now we have it, right? So exactly. uh, that just seemed that that just seemed like I don't know if it necessarily. I mean, it did solve, uh, or at least it, it established that you know these guys really are. Uh, fighting for this particular position, the alpha male, and yeah. are willing to do anything to get it. Right. I was and, waiting for the camera angles to change, like Batman, to turn to the left and then to turn to the yeah. right. And pow, <laughs> you know, on the screen. There you go. Zowie. Yeah. <laughs> and I I was saying that they're keeping murder in the family in this episode. Because <laughs> Junior, um, Sam is Junior's uncle. And then later on, you know. Big Jim has to kill Junior. Yeah, the Rennie family really had some uh, some issues in this, uh, this sure whole series. Yeah, did. Yeah, I would have liked to find out what Pauline's idea, you know, thought was. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he's yeah, getting out. Might have been bad. Hmm. Well, they make it to um, the the resistance does. Well, Julia and uh, Big Jim make it to the. We're back in the storm cellar. You mean Back? the arms locker? Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently so. I mean, if um, if Angie had known that, she might have been able to get out sooner. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, the Big Jim took guns there after Angie. Ah, uh, that's true. He did make a create a stash down there on his own. Right. It was just a bomb shelter before then. And we have uh, Kyle. I, I was he following them this whole time? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But he threatens to shoot Indy, and that was just oh, that no. was the mistake. Yeah, bad move, Kyle. <laughs> bad move. Icky cat. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jim went all Cartman on him. <laughs> That's Not right. good. This is my golden baseball. <laughs> this is my baseball. <laughs> this is my trophy. <laughs> yeah, he uh. He did not appreciate that. Uh, you don't threaten to shoot his dog. Well, it was interesting. In the first two seasons, you don't threaten Big Jim. Right. This season, he finally thought of somebody beside himself, the dog. That he cares about, yeah. Don't, and it's the dog. Don't threaten the dog. Well, it's also a surrogate son for him. Because at huh. least the dog lives up to his expectations. The dog has saved him. Mm -hmm. Several times. His son has not. His son has never come through for him. Wow. <laughs> so, Think about that. Yeah, right? So he's loyal to Indy because Indy's loyal to him. Yeah, yeah. Man's best friend, or at least Big Jim's. Literally. Yeah. Well, they get the amethysts all uh, ready to go, and Barbie is just, Don just lets him go. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a little surprised at that. It's not like she cares at this point. I mean, as soon as the dome comes down... They're gone. Right. There's going to be other people outside the dome. So, you know, one more person outside the dome isn't going to bother her. Well, they had done all this setup to show that she was nutty. And then she reasonably says, eh, whatever, go away. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. That's, it's, that, that was, that was kind of... Just a little out of character, I thought. It was a little lot of character. I just thought, you know, she doesn't have anything to gain or lose by letting him go. So, 
And then we find, you know, she meets up with Junior. Junior or Junior meets up with her. He says that he's, you know, killed Sam. Um, the expression on her face said to me initially that she was kind of upset with that. I wasn't right, sure a little she was bit out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, she, it didn't I mean, sound how would angry you, to me? If but, you were, if you were uh, Junior, Junior was rather upset that he was going to have the pick of the lot here, and then two, you know, one or two of them were part of the. Uh, uh, the kinwives who died after the uh, to get the uh, queen born. It was like, yeah, yeah, it could be a little uh, uh, frustrating for him. Well, it'd be frustrating for her too. She thought she'd have both of them. Right. Exactly. And I don't think she was like angry, angry. I think she was like, oh, okay. Well, Sam was supposed to take care of the army. And oh, now yeah. I don't have that ace in my hole. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do now? You know, cause she had just told Barbie cause Barbie said, well, the army's outside the dome. What are you going to do? And she said, Sam's going to take care of that for me. And then the next thing you see is Junior coming up. Well, I killed Sam. And I think part of that was, oh you man, jerk. Right. I don't think it was about the alpha thing mm-hmm. so much as it was. Well, there goes that plan. Plan B. Yeah, plan B, exactly. And she mentions other eggs and would create other domes. Mm-hmm. And that says to me, you know, that really did, that was looking forward to a season four kind of thing. Right. You know, because imagine, if you will, a series called Under the Dome that in the fourth season there is no dome. Right. You know, what, what, you know, somebody tuning in was like, what's this dome they're talking about? Right. You know. So there right, were, and they did find an egg at the end of the episode. So, yeah, so that would have been. Oh, there, there just there was a lot of good uh, uh, setup here. I thought uh, that was just going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. At least some setup. I mean, they made it so they could. At least they didn't make it so they did. Yeah, and they yeah. left it hanging. So, I mean, I, I am glad that they ended it the way they did. If another dome had come down at the end, it would have been like, no, no, no. I would have been mad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they left it this way. So they activate the crystals, or she whistles the different tones, and then we realize there's only seven amethysts. Mm-hmm. And we need another, we need the other note. And the uh, we get the drama going with the transmitters getting overheated and whatnot, and Dawn says, well, Nori was going to be, is going to be the eighth note. She was one of the four hands. She saw the pink stars. Again, we're pulling in those threads as best we can from, uh, and, but here's, but, you know, Junior could have done it, but of course she wants to hang on to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're thinking that maybe this is a, uh, a life, a lifetime commitment, you know, after this, you're not there anymore. Find out uh, differently later, but, um, so Joe runs in, saves a day, uh, you know, gives himself for the woman he loves. Oh, how it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And he whistles that last note. And yeah. poof. Yeah, that, there wasn't much of a, I was looking for a little more special effecty thing. I don't know. Well, it was Pink Starsy. It was Pink Starsy. Yeah. And the Pink Stars hit Barbie and they, they hit other people in the dome and you saw it hit everybody you know you saw everybody look knocks them down and see it yeah all that stuff now so. you you said that they showed the 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 uh destroyed portion of the of the outside there yeah when they showed the dome cut that come down 
um, they showed it, you know, kind of do this whoosh thing and they showed it from space. And when they showed it from space on the left hand side, they showed that portion that was destroyed from the bomb from the Moab. Destroy it. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So they actually did show that they didn't, you know, weigh pulling it. in that thread again. And again, we're, we're getting all the, uh, getting all the callbacks to the previous seasons. I like yep. it. I was glad that I'm, they did. I missed it, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I would have been, I would have called them on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, at this, in, in all of the commotion going on, Indy kind of gives away Julia and Big Jim. Uh, Indy! Who, yeah, bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, so it, 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 and then the explosion, of course, um, of the dome coming down and the pink stars y thing, uh, knocks them over too. And Junior finally catches up with them. And then this is, this is a, uh, this is probably the most real emotion that I've seen out of Big Jim. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, anger is easy, but this was a little different. Mm -hmm. He didn't like it at all. No, no. And I, and it was kind of uh, chickens coming home to roost where mm -hmm. he had to, you know, he it, it's, it's the things that he has been doing all along here. Um you know he he's now now he has to he's put himself in a position where he would kill anyone who was doing that sort of thing but now it's his son doing it you know mm -hmm. and, and uh, yeah he and Julia were left there he had a gun Julia had a gun and it was the choice between staying in the kerfuffle with his son or going after Don and he didn't have any choice really yeah because he was rolling around with his son and he told Julia to go after Don um, and she did a horrible job of that, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, he had to stay and fight his son because his son was not giving him a choice. And we know, you know, when you have the bugs in you, you have superhuman strength. So uh, it was amazing how long Big Jim stayed in that fight. And Indy uh, helped out a little bit there. Yeah, he did. He interrupted when uh, Junior was getting the upper hand. And again, we see... That Indy is more loyal to him than his son is. Yeah. So, yes, indeed. Yeah. And he, he does, he breaks down and he says, don't make me do this. Mm -hmm. And his son is just like, you know, I'm not making you do anything. <laughs> he just me. doesn't have any remorse. It's you or me, dude. Yeah. And this is, it's going to be a better world. He's still drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And dad has to kill him. Yep, out there in the woods. And um, he has his little moment there. So that was, I think that was a, um, like I said, it, what went around, you know, came back around and uh, and Big Jim had a, had a, had a, if I'm going to grab some more uh, cliches here, he had to pay the piper and. Uh, this is my son. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How's that? I don't mean to laugh over it, but. Good job, good job. He no, did, good. he tried. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's my issue with the episode. This is my big issue. Um, Julia's chasing Dawn. Okay, and she wasn't that far behind her. This, this is more than one issue, okay? But Dawn makes it to the chasm under the factory. Mm-hmm. 
And this is where the dome was before it came down. So now it's just a, a chasm that's dome-sized. Okay. Barbie's on the other side of it. And there is miraculously a board across it. Well, he if he's on the other side, he had to get across somehow. Okay, where was the board? In the concrete factory. Okay, where? Um, and he had time to get it and put it across and then and cross. attach a chain somewhere to oh, it. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm saying. He had time to set up that elaborate trap just on the off chance that Don was going to come down there in order to run out. Hmm. Now, these tunnels... What, did he, he knew about the fact that she was going to leave through the tunnels, right? How? When did she when? say she was going to? Um, I, yeah, she didn't talk to... No. No. No, no, no. When was that? Oh, goodness. She talked with Junior about it, but I don't think it was in front of... Barbie, huh? Barbara, no. So... On the off chance that she was going to get away down there, he goes down there, <laughs> sets up a trap, hooks himself with a chain strong enough. As far so as he knows. When he falls, he won't go down with her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when they're down there and they're standing on the board, they have enough time to have a whole conversation. <laughs> And then the board to break and for them both to fall and him to start to climb up before Julia catches up with Dawn. So she is the worst chaser. Hey, she's chasing the Flash. In the history. <laughs> well, if she's chasing the Flash, why doesn't Dawn just flash across the board then? Ooh. Okay, so this is the scene that bothers me the most about this episode. And do you see why? I mean, the yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're going after. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to hand wave this whole scene. And this is all I'm going to say about it is, okay, I get it. I see where they're going with it. That's the only way they could play it. And yes, our heroes win. Yay. Hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've said my piece. <laughs> hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> okay. And then the military show up. And the military show up and uh, we take everybody into custody. Right. And, and, and this is when Julia and, and Barbie are having their little reunion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so happy that it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, Except, dun-dun-dun. <laughs> it's not over. It's not over yet. It's not over until I say it is. My goodness. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. That's right. When the going gets tough. I know that whole speech from Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that I know it all. Well, they got all right. everybody locked up. Well, we only see, actually, the only people we see in lockup is Barbie and Julia and Big Jim. Is that right? Yes. But th I think they're the only ones that are probably. Right? Well, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else would have been. Um, Hunter, Hunter, Nori. Nori. 
Yeah. Lily. Yeah, yeah, Lily would would certainly have been there, but but she was only she wasn't there from the beginning, and she and I think what they were looking for mostly is people, or at least the, the, with who they were showing us was those who had been there from the beginning and who could uh, verify that uh, this is what happened because I was there. Yeah, from the but start. they still would have been in lockup probably, but yeah. might not have been interrogated. It was interesting the the, the interrogator who um, I, you know looking at him and all I can see is law and order. I know, me too. <laughs> uh, he's uh, Craig, DA? Yeah, was he di- not, not district attorney? Was he, was he a, 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 a sergeant? No, he was a sergeant, or he's he was a, he was um, the lieutenant in early Law and Order. Oh, oh, oh yeah, and then he oh, was. I think he was the cops out on the carpet. Right? Yeah, and then he was yeah. the uh, lieutenant uh, for SVU later on. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Actor's name is Dan Florick, and I, I he, so he that I see him. That's all I can think of right now. I mean, yeah, he's done me a million other things too. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Law and Order in forever, but I recognized him from yeah. that right away. And I didn't see him on the guest list. I didn't read him out, did I? Last, last I don't week? think I so. I don't remember reading his name. Uh, I would have really noticed if, because I always look up the actors on IMDb and I did not see his face anywhere on there. So, uh, yeah, it was a surprise cameo. That was cool. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Well, he goes over the the facts of the case. You know, here's what's happened in the past four weeks, and it was like, really, we spent three years doing that. that right, it. <laughs> that's it. You summed it all up in like three sentences. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that. What a rip. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh man, and so he rips it up. The world cannot know, and this is another one of those tropes, you know, where these the right. aliens and nobody can find out about Area it. Area fifty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't, I was very upset about the sad Indy in the cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what, what's what's he going to do, you know? I know. Well, I'm guessing that was them saying that he was in quarantine. That could be. That could be. Yeah, that they had to make sure that he was okay, test his blood or whatever. Um, and also, I'm guessing use him as leverage because they knew Big Jim cared about him. Yeah, yeah. He was the key to his heart, you know. Because they had been watching, right? The army. You know what I thought? I was thinking about that. You know, they they were able to, you know, keep an eye on them. And I don't know if it was, you know, land-based cameras or satellite or whatever. But at the end of the, um, the, was it the first season? Yeah, the first season when the dome went all black, went all white. You'd have thought the aliens would have shut, you know, shut that down a little more often so that the outside world couldn't see what's going on. You'd have thought. You'd have thought. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They can, yeah. they can turn it into an IMAX screen. We know that. I know. <laughs> I know. So they, it was interesting, too, that they were willing to let um, Barbie out. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we see later on, Hunter. Because mm-hmm. these folks were, you know, under the influence of the kinship and c- came out of it somehow. But they were they willing did- to let them go. They mentioned they're willing to l- let the cured people out as long as the virus remains dormant. And they did say the word dormant. Yes. So. And it does, but that doesn't explain Joe. No, I'm sorry. It does explain Joe. Because he was, yeah, he was. Um, no, no, he never, never really. Well. He might have been activated when he did that whistling thing. Uh, maybe. He, yeah. if you remember. Don said, when you whistle, you'll be one of us again. Ah. 
if you remember. And I don't remember. Earlier, when she was saying to Nori, when you whistle, you'll be one of us again. Ah, okay. All righty. So yeah, I'm he, guessing Joe, that, Joe never seemed like he ever uh, moved over to the dark side. No, he never gave in. But, you know, he he sacrificed himself. And it doesn't look like he did when he was in the little cell either. You know, when Nori yeah, comes yeah. to see him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, apparently he, they can't chance it. So yeah, they put him in the little I can understand that. Thing. Um, and, and our interrogator says, we're not monsters, Mr. Barbara. And the, usually what that means is we're they monsters. Are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Spill the beans. You're back here, buddy. Right. You know? Which means that they're keeping an eye on them. So they're going to notice when they are not dormant. Um, I'm guessing they've implanted them with something. Because uh, that is definitely one of those trope things. Mm-hmm. And it would have come out in the next season, most likely, yeah. that they were implanted with something. Now, originally, they, the um, uh, Barbie won't sign and neither will Jim. But as is uh, his want, Jim makes a deal. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. And if, so, so if you watch uh, Once Upon a Time, he's like the Rumpelstiltskin character. He's always yep. making a deal. That's right. There's always a price. And so he wants to be like the spokesman because, That's hey, he's a used card salesman. It's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> I can sell ice to an Eskimo. And I love Dan Florick's line there. And he's like, oh, that's that's not PC. It's a, Inuits. That's and he what goes, whatever. It. Whatever. Yeah. And the fair compensation he asked for, I wonder if that was the his it turned into his coffer for his campaign to become... Uh, a, a representative. I'm guessing probably. That would have been yeah. interesting, yeah. That he pretty much had a a, a free ride from then on. Yep. Yeah. And none of the uh, none of those uh, killings back under the dome came back to haunt. Oh him, yeah. yeah. That his slate was wiped clean. I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And you know, he got to be the grandstander mm-hmm. For everything that happened. He was probably, oh, he was probably the, the press guy out in front of everything. Yeah. I was in charge. I took care of everything. He was the hero, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The conquering hero. Um, that was my town. That's my town. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was a hero. And my dog helped too. <laughs> <laughs> this is my office. This is my press secretary. <laughs> the uh, the aliens would have gotten away with it if it uh, hadn't if been for those meddling kids. crazy. Those meddling Crazy kids dog. and their little dog, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. If it weren't for these meddling armies. <laughs> now, we got Hunter and Lily, um, who are have been, I, I imagine, uh, since Hunter has got his job at the NSA, which another thing I thought was kind of odd, that they would make somebody who had been, they would give somebody a job in the NSA who had been under the influence of the kinship. That just seemed a little bit of a stretch. A little weird, But yeah. his his. Um, his talents seem to, you know, be perfect for that. I that, that made sense to right. me. And that, Big Jim that. says I got him a cushy job there. Ah, uh, okay, so all right. So Big Jim says that. I got you. But that's still uh, quite a pull. I mean, I don't know that he'd have that much influence on it. But mm. yeah, yeah. And then we find Nori. Perfect setup, you know, for this season. Yeah, um, she's a sniper now. Right. 
You know, nice little, nice <laughs> congregating of the shots in the center of the target. And I put in the notes because naturally. <laughs> of course, she's a and natural. Then, you know, we find out she's working undercover. Well, is she? Here's yeah, the I thing. So. Here's the thing. They called her Jenkins and Jenkins on the thing there. And I was thinking, wait a minute. What if her moms are dead? What if that's her dad's name? That could be. And her dad just doesn't know a good stylist. <laughs> it well, could happen. I don't, think, I don't think that's her natural color. <laughs> no, you think she's actually, that would be interesting to, to explore. I think yeah. she's undercover, but for herself, trying to find Joe. Mm-hmm. May have joined the army specifically to, you know, get access to uh, right. whatever they're because doing. Because they do mention she enlisted. They didn't say, you know, she went undercover. Mm-hmm. They say she enlisted. Um, and I think that was going to be, I mean, I know that was going to be a season four plot point, obviously. And they also, you know, with her, they hit on three different things that could have been plot points. Her going undercover, um, Junior being a quote unquote specimen, you know, in order to help to rid the evil virus yes well and it also takes away any speculation that maybe he's not really dead right he is dead (laughs) and then uh the number three would be that joe's still alive and that they're keeping all these people in lockup so that you know that was three little threads that they could have picked up on in a new season and we have jarby barbie and julia (laughs) Out camping under the stars. Barlia. What's that? Barlia. Barlia. <laughs> it sounds that sounds like a grain. I'm sorry. I don't know. It does. It's like yeah. a like a like a, uh, a a a special grain that only grows in uh, forests or something. How about know. Dahlia? <laughs> Jarby. We're going with Jarby. Okay, Jarby. <laughs> okay. He kind of proposes to her, you know, it's about time. I mean, it's it's been a year, you know, according to the uh, little uh, title there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he finally gets around to proposing. And just as he does, we get Big Jim. Mm-hmm. Now, you put almost proposes, but I put good enough because he put a ring on it. Yes, yes. He didn't get ac- the actual words out, but he did have to... Uh, he did have to, uh, inter- he got interrupted by um, Representative Rennie. Right. But he got the ring all the way on her finger. Oh, did he? So, oh, okay. I missed that yeah. part. So that works. for. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing she took that as, yeah. Good enough. And, and he, yeah. she, you know, she brought it up already. So mm-hmm. he knows she's in. She knows he's in. You know, that would have been a we're engaged thing. So Now, you may have been wondering, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the we're, Barbie of the we're week? We're missing something. What about? And now, the Barbie of the week. Out of the dome, Barbie comes with original dog tag, engagement ring, and a friend in Congress. Representative Rennie sold separately. This has been the Barbie of the week. There we go. The last Barbie of the week. Right. And our winner is? Oh, um, <clears throat> me. You. <laughs> I voted for it. <laughs> Congressman Rennie won in a landslide. Yep. Man alive. That's, that's uh, right. either that's the the compensation uh, talking or that's the uh, 
you know, it, strings in, in so many places. I don't know. It was Inuits voting. Oh, well, there you are. <laughs> you got the Alaska vote. Right. And Lily's his chief of staff. That was good. That was good. I like Although that. that doesn't really, whereas the NSA really, really worked with uh, Hunter's talents, chief of staff doesn't really, I don't get Lily as being one of those. He needs to have someone who knows him. Someone close. Yeah, he needs that. And Lily is really the only other person he can pick. Because it's Julia or Barbie aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. True. So, you know, and Lily's smart. Indeed. So, uh, And it was interesting. They mentioned they hadn't heard from Nori. Like they were, like, yeah, like you were talking about maybe undercover. That right. This she is, doesn't want to. Something they sent her on, yeah. She doesn't want to contact them in order to not blow her cover. And you notice that people, even though it was a year later, people were still kind of, have I seen you somewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So they had been. Jumping at the car jumping station there. Right. They had been in the news at some point. Mm -hmm. So uh, she was, that's why I'm guessing her hair was different. Tried at Uh, least to look a little different. Right. Now, if she'd have been blonde or something, that would have been done. Right. I didn't like the dark hair. And the sharpshooter, oh, come on. Really? She's a natural. Hey, what can you say? (laughs) Because I can't even. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes me crazy. There was kind of a, uh, almost a, for those of you who watch Person of Interest, a very person of interesty kind of uh, situation where Hunter has got, you know, is is pulling feeds in from all over. Now it's just facial recognition to see if they can ever find Dawn again. It and apparently they do. DOI. Yeah, yeah. You know, so here she is, you know. It's not some some uh, super intelligent artificial intelligence uh telling you what to do, but still it's it's he's got the full um resources of the NSA at his disposal. That's probably why uh, Big Jim got him that job there. I'm guessing, yes. And it looked to me like it was some kind of algorithm he wrote that scanned things because it was three weeks old. So it was something that was running in the background. Yeah, yeah. Maybe out of all these feeds. Um, it wasn't something that was like person of interest that was, you know, real time. Yes, that's true. But it was. it looked very person of interest interface sort of. So they find her again. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. There she is. And uh, So she didn't need a chain, apparently. No, apparently not. I was wondering if she just flashed out of there. She might have. Who knows? And she's a teacher now. Yeah, and you notice... Uh, or a daycare worker or something. When she's in a hive, you know, in charge of people that are able to move rocks and stuff, she's all put together. Her hair is all nice, and she's wearing, like, you know, nice pants and a tank top. But when she's watching children, she's wearing a nice fluttery dress, and her hair is all moussed. (laughs) (laughs) Got to play the part. Got to look the part, too. Yeah. Totally uh, different, Dawn. There's some excursion field trip, perhaps. You told us to look for an egg. That's right. Don't touch it. You want to touch it? I don't want to touch it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure she was going to have those kids touch it. Yeah, yeah. Like they were the four hands. Now, see, that that would have been the thing. If that do- if a dome had come down then, then that would have been like, oh, no, no, no. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it, you know what this reminded me of? You know, some people said, oh, there's a whole bunch of, you know, things they could have done, could have, all different places. That, yes, I understand that. But I was thinking of, like, for example, have you ever seen the, uh, the old Planet of the Apes movies from the 70s, you know? Right. And at the end of one of them, there's a clear, you know, this is not the end. You know, there's, there, there could be more. Now, you know, there was never necessarily uh, a guarantee that a new movie would be, would be made after as a sequel to the, the, the one you're watching. But like at the end of one of them, there is – they thought they've gotten rid of the um, – the apes that had come from the future that could talk and they somebody killed them and so we're not going to have this problem anymore. And then you see, you, you zoom in at the end, that their little baby is, is still alive and it's going mommy, mommy, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little chimp. You know, so that's that's how I felt at the end of this one. There's kind of a foreboding um, at the end. It isn't a nice pat ending. Right. It is more of a, oh, but wait, but Like wait. a disquiet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and so but that, it that's could definitely where I got be it. an ending. Yes, right. But and it is, and like I said, it has been an ending for other things. That right. sort of that sort of a um, a not pat finale. Yeah, right. And you know, Stephen King has ended some of his books that way as well. Oh, okay. So it, it's not unknown for him to do. I, I can say it's a little bit of a cop out because they weren't sure. Whether it was going to go, another you know, season, yeah. renew or or cancel, so they wrote it either way. So, you know, it wasn't written in that kind of let's keep them guessing at the end of the movie sort of way. Um, it was actually meant to be open ended. So, you know, that's but I think they did it artfully in a way that doesn't leave me angry you know it, it leaves me thinking oh well okay they wrap things up i'm i'm okay with it yeah um i'm cool. really not wanting more i'm i'm happy with how it ended that's why and, we gave it an eight right and i'm really thinking it it's time was ready it, it was ready <laughs> <laughs> to be done uh if they had gone on again i i, I think i would have not been ready to throw my hat in <laughs> If they had gotten to this point at the end of the second season, I would have been cheering for a third season. Right. Cheering loudly for a third season. Yes. Yes. I mean, I was in this with you, definitely, for the third season. Um, And more so for the... For the uh, talking about it factor than the watching it factor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. Um, But I think it would have been a better season if this had been the ending... Of the first season, yeah. Of the second, have a few, you know. a few more, a few more episodes per season, and get to this point, um, you know, at the end of the second. And I would, I, as it is, I would really like to seen. I think a fourth season would be really interesting. Would have, you know, would have seen uh, a lot more answers, a lot more um, development of what's going on. It, it just seemed like the first, the first couple of seasons. And I understand the point there is that you you need to deal with these. These questions: What about lack of food? What about no rain? What about what if they have a fire? You know the the, the, the human side of it. But to but it would have been nice to be able to deal with that and a little more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it, 
if if these are these were thirteen episode seasons, so three is thirty-nine. So two twenty-three episode seasons, we could have had a little extra in there too. You know, we could have moved mm-hmm. uh, moved even farther. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 okay. That's the Agree. last time I'm talking about long seasons. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So. Alrighty. So move on to the obits. Oh man, we had quite a bit of a body count here. Not as many as last week. Well, that's true. And we had names for almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an amethyst carrier. Mm-hmm. And uh, a blue shirt. A blue shirt. That's what we're gonna call them. <laughs> I wish they had done that earlier, so we could have made more of that. Yeah. I know. Me too. And of course, uh, Sam Verdreau at the hands of Junior, mm-hmm. and Junior at the hands of Dad. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yes, indeed. Like you said, the Rennie family just having a bad time here. That's right. And they, I think they used his name once or so in the episode. Kyle Lee was the character's name. Jim's That's right. prison guard. He was in the uh, press release as a guest star in the last four or five episodes. I just never, never thought to mention. Right. All right. Because he right. wasn't. He wasn't in anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are you anyway? Right. All right. Well, let's get to some news here. We still have some news, and uh, it looks like football really beat us this time, didn't it? Big time. Um, here in the states, at least. Um, I do have a report from Lawrence Griffin. Uh. From our Canadian ratings correspondent, Lawrence Griffin, the episode Love is a Battlefield made the list of the 30 most watched shows in Canada. The episode finished ninth and was seen by 1.2 million viewers. And uh, this is my follow-up. Keep your eye on our Facebook page for his continued reports because there's still a couple more episodes to watch for on on the ratings. And then TV by the Numbers. As reported on by me, um, football was on <laughs> during this last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we don't have a chance against football. I mean, that's a given. Uh, it got a 10.3 million with a 34 share. <laughs> well, 10.3 uh, rating. Oh, 10.3 rating million. with a wow. 34 share. 27 million people watched. Sorry about that. Um, CBS Under the Dome, 0.83 share. And that's a, that's pretty standard for us. We didn't yep. really lose We didn't really much. lose, but we're not going to win with that. No. That's for sure. Um, and 4.23 million compared to its 27 million. Yeah, just a few um, extra. Yeah. Now, the real loser here was How to Get Away with Murder from ABC. So they knew it wasn't going to do anything. It was a rerun. Uh, it got... Point four with a one share, <laughs> 2.1 million viewers. It got nada comparatively. Now, in the plus threes, again, we were up quite a bit. And I think we did lose a little bit, mostly because it was announced that this was its swan song. Mm-hmm. Um, people just were like, okay, whatever. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Under the Dome led total viewership increases adding 1.8 million viewers to its live plus same-day viewers, which is up 49%. So it, when we were getting uh, in the 70s, Yeah, 70-something before, 70s, yeah. Yeah, now we were up half by half 
Um, so just a little less, uh, but it's still, you know, up 2 million almost, which is about the same, just, you know, 49% instead of 77%. So we, we kind of went out with a whimper. Yes. But, you know, but football. hello, football. Mm. <laughs> Are you ready for some under the dome? <laughs> and everyone went, no, no we're really not. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay, we have some great feedback this week, folks. You had a good time, and we could tell you had a good time, and here we go. Let's do this for the last time. Let's start out with some uh, Barbies of the week that I it went by the wayside for me. Uh, while I was watching the show, I threw out a few. I had Bustin' Out Barbie will kill the queen if she won't listen to daddy. <laughs> yeah. Hello, dad. I had Burial Barbie comes with a shovel, a dead scientist, and a shallow grave. Yeah, it wasn't that deep. No, not very much. And Over a Barrel Barbie comes with clean clothes, a pen, and a fake story. Mmm. I was thinking maybe the pen didn't have any ink, so he wasn't going to sign it. There you go. But, uh, oh, see? That's true. Now, what you had one here. I did. <laughs> I... I had to put it down. I don't know why. I was just kind of inspired. I put smart at the last minute Barbie because this whole season, he's just been kind of led around by his women. <laughs> um, comes with a brain that can be inserted or removed at will and screenwriter, screenwriter accessories. The screenwriter does nothing and may be a choking hazard. <laughs> <laughs> I love the choking hazard. That was good. That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, runner-up winner for Barbie of the Week uh, was by Corey Metcalf. He had a couple. The, the one we liked the most was Jailhouse Julia and Conjugal Visit Barbie. No bars nor Big Jim watching can keep them apart. Secret <laughs> escape dog and hidden key donated by Moron. <laughs> and I'm guessing that means Kyle. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, his other one was No Escape Barbie. And it looks like he said Barbie-able, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way he no wrote escape, it. Yeah. yeah. No escape Barbie, able to throw together haphazard yet complex traps. I agree completely, Corey, <laughs> <laughs> to foil your speedy exit within minutes. Discontinued due to major design flaw of relying on your stupidity to not simply walk backwards out of said trap. <laughs> Classic, classic. Yes, that's just right. right <laughs> Meryl Urish contributed cross-country Barbie, comes with motorcycle and helmet. Julia sold separately. And she was saying, uh, one of her comments was, do motorcyclists really carry around um, jumper cables? But I think, I think at the end they handed them back to the car drivers. Mm, I, I think, think so too. I think it was theirs and they just happened to come across them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, motorcycle, cross-country Barbie, just, just hitting the open road. That's right. That was very sweet that they were going across roads. Very cute. Uh, of course, when you're stuck under a dome, you don't want to buy a house right away. Not exactly. So, um, Keith Nettles gave us Alien Executioner Barbie. Comes with unstable board and safety chain. Alien Queen sold separately. And she's all purple. That's right. Troy Heinrichs from the Under the Dome Radio podcast came up with Pirate Barbie. Young and old, human and alien, he'll make all walk the plank. Car. Yar. 
<laughs> nice job with the pirate speak mm-hmm. there. Um, Chris Strobel wrote, Happy Trails, Barbie. Comes with horse or er, motorcycle on which to ride off into the sunset with his gal. Also comes with a link to tvtropes.com. <laughs> you ought to go there, folks. It's it's uh, it's a classic. Uh, uh, you, you go through reading some of those and it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite sites. We mentioned it, I think, last season in a Chester's Mill Gazette when I kept referring people there. Um, yes, when I think we were we did. talking about the you know hanging a lantern on things and all that stuff, but we should mention it again. It's a really great site to go on. Just browse through it, even mm-hmm. so great. TVTropes.com, all one word: TVTropes and then .com. Excellent site. And Barb Rankin gave us "Bye Bye Barbie." Bye Bye Barbie. <laughs> A useless, unemployed, and broken toy sold at a discount. Comes with equally useless, unemployed, and broken girlfriend toy, Julia. We'd donate them to Goodwill, but they don't want them either. Bye-bye, Barbie. Bye-bye. 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 That's the song. Bye-bye, Barbie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I'm guessing Barb didn't like this very much. Oh, well, you'll hear a little later. Yeah, you will absolutely hear a little later. Why don't you read Chris Strobel's wonderful little bit of uh, feedback? feedback here? Yes, sure. Chris Strobel writes, Doug and Karen, and I'd say hi back, but he doesn't say hi. He didn't just say hi. We'll just Doug say Chris. Chris, <laughs> thanks to you and Daryl. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, okay. You, as in us, and Daryl, for providing a platform for us to share our thoughts over. under the dome for the past two years and change. Perhaps we'll meet again in another GSM show. Barb, Rankin, and I used to enjoy the Revolution podcast together. I'm sure others will, so I won't get into specific extraordinary plot points, but I think the finale was what we expected. Gory, a bit disconnected, and not very satisfying. And we knew it would be because the show was canceled after filming wrap for the season. They had to write a season finale cliffhanger if they had any hope of a season four. And they did contrive it so it could be interpreted as a season finale in a pinch. As a series ender, it was as good as we could have expected. Such are the low expectations of scripted TV these days. <laughs> oh, how cynical. It makes me sad. Um, a CBS exec was quoted, I'll paraphrase, as saying, the series made money no matter the ratings because of a streaming deal with Amazon. Yeah, that's almost exactly what he said, Chris. So there is no network incentive for a satisfying ending, although that is not exactly what he said, but yeah, that's what he implied. That leaves us with the real takeaway. I am leery of ever again getting involved with an arc-driven series. Unless it is such a stupendous hit, that it can choose its own end date. This is the future of this type of series. They schlep along at a barely renewable ratings until the end of a season and wait to see if they get another season. In this atmosphere, such a show can never have a satisfying ending. It's like the Peter principle of episodic TV. I didn't understand it when it happened with Revolution, but I do now. For me, the first moment I recall thinking the show had gone off the rails was when the box truck knocked over the water tower early in season one. Wow, that is early, isn't it? (laughs) A completely contrived event that could 
never have happened because no water supplies are ever located 10 feet from a road. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That was a <laughs> yeah. great, great line. And it only got more unlikely from there. Worse, the characters were so one-dimensional and their reactions to events were not realistic. Well, a dome came down over the city, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> there were two highlights of the show for me. First was Barbie speaking for all of us when he summed up their relationship to Julia while he was tied to the chair. The second was Dan Florek's character summing up the series to Big Jim in the finale. <laughs> Again, he was speaking for all of us, like the story in the frame. Under the dome was completely implausible, but yet we have to admit it happened. You know, I his thought about uh, arc-driven series ever since, you know, I guess like Lost, um, because you know, which was very, you know, uh, really a heavily arc-driven story. And even before that, uh, if anybody remembers Babylon 5, that was, for me, kind of the first uh, arc-driven story where the guy knew exactly, uh, Straczynski knew exactly what where he was going, what the ending was going to be and that sort of thing. But you get... You know, we've gotten away from episodic where every, you know, at the end it's a reset and everything starts over. Star Trek The Next Generation has been my classic example of that. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. It's it's like, well, at the end it's all going to be back to the same thing and, you know, nobody's ever really in danger. Yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, you get into a real heavy arc story and if you don't get renewed, you're you're like revolution. You're stuck in the middle of a... Uh, you know, at the end of that, you know, there's all these people going to this this other town now, and what's going to happen there? Ooh, we just just <laughs> right. stopped. Sorry, you know. So getting into so so I understand his concern and, uh, and reluctance to kind of really get into a new arc driven story if we don't know it's going to be uh, renewed. And a lot of that has to do with the writing, I guess. Um, a lot of people would say Breaking Bad was a, a. I've never watched Breaking Bad. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is, but. A lot of people, you know, talked about the great writing in that, and that just got as you know many seasons as it needed to tell the story it wanted to tell. And you know, it, I concur it, with that. Yeah, though. you just can't, you can't get. It's 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 like I'm just going to wait till it's canceled, then watch it on Netflix or something, you know? Because if it, if we get a full story, then it's then I'll go and watch it. If we don't, then what's the point? You know, yeah. I they may well, be hanging themselves by that particular rope. I I can name. Just as many good arc-driven shows as I can bad. Um, Halt and Catch Fire, um, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, uh, the first season of True Detective. The second season wasn't quite as good, but it's still arc-driven. Um, but in that case, uh, I think True Detective has a, a, a complete story every season, right? Right. It's arc-driven. I mean, it's, you know. But, but at the end of the season, it's done. There's no cliffhanger. There's no, correct. it's done. Yeah. Right. Um I mean, what is episodic these days anymore? I mean, really? Uh, Blue Bloods, is it? Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah, stuff okay. like that. Very, They're very procedural. Um, the Law and Orders, the CSI. Yes, the Law and Orders are, yeah. You know, things like that. Um, there's so many of those on TV. Uh, CSI Cyber, CSI Miami, CSI. CSI My SBC. Backyard. Right. And there's Law and Order this, Law and Order that, um, even down to stuff like Castle, which has little mini arcs. Um, it's also, I would consider it a cross between the two, hmm. but for the most part, 
the mystery is solved in every episode. Um, but there are still, there's still arcs that, you know, are in the mythos in the background of the series that, you know, if you didn't know what was happening, sometimes it wouldn't take away from your enjoyment of watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just go, Oh, well, I don't know what that, what's the deal with her mother. I don't get that, but you know, Hey, the, the mystery's good. Um, so there, you know, there are examples of both types of shows and both types of shows. There are good and there are bad. So you can't just paint the, you know, the whole lot of them with the same brush, you, you know, you have to pick and choose in this case. Um, it wasn't consistent. I mean, it it had so much promise, Stephen King, you know, and it it sounded like it was really going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the first season was good. I thought, uh, and I have to disagree with him. I thought this was a good finale and i thought they really did tie it up i didn't think it was unsatisfying and you know i like that he voiced his opinion very much i like that there are people in both camps but i have to say i'm happy with it and i'm i was a harsh critic for this season i'm happy to say that (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i'm i think it wore out its welcome in this season but I, I'm happy with this ending. So, well, thank you for your uh, feedback, there, Chris. We enjoyed it. All all, all your feedback during this uh, this season. Yeah, your Barbies were great, Chris. By the way, and we have one, we have a couple of audio here. First of all, uh, we have Barb. Normally, she writes in once in a while. She audios in. We got an audio from her. Here we go, Hi, Barb. Hi, Karen and Doug. This is Barb calling in with my final political cartoon lampoonist report for the Chester's Mill Gazette. No longer from under the dome because it's gone. I'm giving this finale one rotten egg for unrealized promise and unmet expectations. Well, we survived, but barely, I think. And here are my final thoughts. The dome simply vaporized with the help of a little ditty that was not nearly as catchy as the one in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I was hoping to either see the dome explode into shards of glass or to melt and ooze out oxytocin or whatever it was that they called that gooey stuff, and then watching it spread across, across Chester's Mill like the blob. But watching the pink life force apparently exit Barbie made me wonder, why didn't it exit from the rest of the townsfolk as well? I guess that's just one of the little mysteries that will never be resolved, which is perfectly fine by me. Big Jim finally had to kill his own son or else be killed. And our show's star, Indy, helped save his life. I'm nominating Indy for president. Better than letting Big Jim run for that office in his post-dome life. It was clear that the showrunners and writers thought that they were going to get another season as the last 20 minutes was spent setting the stage for one I snickered that Nori was now a real-life sniper and that Julia was just as useless as ever as she put the ends of the battery charger cables together rather than on the car battery. (laughs) Really? At least the writers were consistent with their character throughout the series. I will admit that I have been surprised to read so many positive feelings about this show in social media. That means that there will be fan fiction, dear editors. So please, please don't assign us to write about it. (laughs) Karen and Doug. 
You have been the best editor-in-chiefs, and I am so glad I was able to contribute reports to your paper. I hope to find you and Justina at a new media outlet in the future, and that we will all be able to work together again. I still wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. This is Barb signing out. And thinking about heading to Capitol Hill to begin a new gig, drawing political cartoons, poking fun at a new congressman, Big Jim Remy. That could be, I don't know, deadly. <laughs> it could be. We know what he does to people who make fun of him. That's right. Just don't draw his dog. That's right. Don't don't point anything pointy at his dog, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> that was very nice, Barb. See, she was saving the one for this week. She just had to give it this week. <laughs> one <laughs> rotten egg. She yeah, she's awesome. That was good. That was good. Well, we're going to wind up here with Justina. Justina has kind of been our consistent feedbacker, if that's a word, um, all this uh, all this time, this season. And uh, she had two feedbacks. One, is that a, is that a word, feedback? Feedbacks? Yes. Feedbacks. Pieces of feedback. Bits of feedback. That's right. She wrote one in, and she has some very interesting um, – see, Karen, this is your influence. Um, this is, you know, she says this that I taught her how exactly, to exactly. Yes, yeah. Um, Karen's influence. This is, I'm the I'm the special effects guy. I'm the uh, the aliens guy. Here we go. Here's what Justina wrote. She said, "Hi, Karen and Doug. Hi, Justina. I saw some mirroring in the finale. Karen taught me how to spot this TV phenomenon. Number one, she's got six of them here. Number one, the first scene in the pilot is a bird coming out of an egg. The last scene is an egg. Mm-hmm. Number two. Barbie buries a body in the pilot and the finale. Mm -hmm. That was very good. Mm -hmm. uh, number three, Big Jim is back on a council first in the small town level and now a national one. Mm -hmm. Number four, Dome came down with an explosion and burst open with an explosion. Yeah. Number five, a group of kids found the new egg. Would they have been the new hands? Yes, and on the nose there. Very likely. And number six, disappointing that there was not a giant butterfly and the cow didn't get stitched back together. Oh, well, I can't have it all. <laughs> but there was a butterfly, Justina. It th Remember? In the last episode? Dawn came out of a, of a cocoon and she was the queen or mm, monarch. Monarch. So it's just not in the last episode. So. And I, there's another thing, at least for this season... Uh, the same writer wrote the first episode of the season, or, or, or co-wrote, uh, Tim Schlattman. He wrote the mm -hmm. first and the last. So there's another of guy the of the yep. season. Yep. Yeah. And see, I, that's, all, that's mirroring, and I also call that bookending when it's the first and the last. So they not only bookended uh, the season with the writer, but they bookended the whole series with those things. And that's really good of Justina to notice those things. That's excellent. And thank you for giving me a nod. That's very sweet. Yes. I wouldn't have been able to tell you what happened in the first episode. <laughs> I it's wouldn't have either. So Although long. I do remember those things now that she mentions it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the Barbie burying a body. That's yes. A no I yeah. remember that. So, And I, Big Jim on a council, yes. I remember the dome coming down. I remember the group of kids. It's the um, bird coming out of an egg that I didn't remember until she said it. Let's go back and watch it. Yeah. 
And Justina also sent us some audio from under the well. Now, we have to we have to mention here yes. that her written feedback was Justina. And her audio was Justina our correspondent. Yes. So. And she's corresponding from under the dome, eh, not anymore. Hi, Karen and Doug. This is Justine, an investigative reporter for the Chester's Mill Gazette. I signed that paper the government wanted me to sign. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't want them to lock me up or anything. But regardless of what I signed, I will never forget. I will never forget the pink stars falling, the red door, the creepy lake chick, the ever-changing monarch, Lyle the prophet, Pauline and her paintings and postcards. The government wants me to stop reporting the truth, but I will always know what happened here in Chester's Mill. Doug and Karen, you're the best editors ever. <laughs> Never afraid to report the truth of what is going on here. Barb, the political cartoonist, and Corey from Film and Entertainment, and all the other readers that have contributed such great stories to this paper. We have to stick together, because if it ever happens again, we will be the only ones who know what happened here. Justina, that was a fantastic wrap-up mm-hmm. of uh, all the people who have... Some of the people who have contributed, some of the things that have gone on, and, uh, you know, that was a, a great wrap-up of um, of this podcast. I think that... Uh, you kind of hit the essentials here, right? and uh, uh, some of the you know the main plot points and things that uh, it's like oh, I almost had forgotten about, you know the uh, Pauline's pictures and postcards and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, we do need to keep an eye out for more conspiracies. They're always out there. I'm going to be putting my shifty eyes to good work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, this has been fantastic. It's been a really, uh, really wonderful ride. And I understand that, uh, you know, sometimes it has been a kind of a slow ride. Sometimes it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But uh, we will still be uh, poking around on the Chester's Mill Gazette Facebook fan page. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, keep an eye out uh, on there. We There may be some more information about, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, about different actors, actresses doing things. We may have, this is something that had been knocked around before, but we might have a kind of a series wrap up with uh, other podcasters who do Under the Dome. Uh, And we've had some, you know, in the past about, uh, I think we did something in ending for season two. Um, And so we, that might, that might happen. Just keep us on your, um, in your RSS feed, in your iTunes or whatever pod player you have with you. Well, Karen, what do you think? Is this is this has been a, a a wild ride. I've had a great time. Mm-hmm. And, I think I made yeah. a good friend in this podcast. Who? You. <laughs> you silly. We have had a, an absolute blast. We had the, we started doing this with uh, TV talk um, in the first season, and uh, it has been a wild ride. And we had a good time with it, even back mm-hmm. then when we only talked twenty minutes about it. I know it's great. I really, I feel like I've made some really good friends through all this, and I count you amongst them, Doug. Thank you, and I count you. Uh, I, I, you know, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I can I can count you, right? Of one. course, one, one. There we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I count as one. There's Karen. She's one. Mm-hmm. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Sorry. <laughs> this is this is uh, Karen Lindsay singing the greatest hits of. It's apparently my singing night. hour. <laughs> Well, we did Paul Anka a little earlier. Paul Anka earlier, yes. And yeah. then, uh, what was the other one? It was we did? from uh, The Wizard of Oz, Ding Dong, The Dome is Dead. And then also, uh, Bye Bye Barbie. Oh, Bye Bye Barbie. That's right. right. And only so goes with uh, Love is a Battlefield from a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> that's yes. right. So it's been, it's been a, uh, my, all my uh, requests hour with Karen tonight. <laughs> all requests all the time here on uh, Chesterfield <laughs> Gazette. Folks, we've had a great time with you, too. Yes. And uh, got to know a lot of you people out there who have been watching this and uh, getting through it with us all. It was, it was, it was, it was, sometimes it was a little rough, but we did it. We did. And you know what? It wasn't really that rough because you guys made it worth it. Really. Absolutely. I've never seen such a great group of people as the people that listen and contribute. Especially to- those who are having a tough time getting through it. Yeah. <laughs> some Honestly. Of the, some of the funniest stuff came from folks who were like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Right. And they would say, you're the only reason I'm still watching this stupid show. <laughs> and for that, we are truly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Grateful and sorry all at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, yeah. This well, is very bittersweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, the last one. And um, there may this is the last regular uh, episode. And uh, like I said, there may be some specials later on. But, um, but for now, thank you so much for reading this and all the other issues of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm Doug reminding you that if you see an egg-shaped rock with pink stars rising in line, don't touch it. And I'm Karen, wishing that I could wake up every day with my hair and makeup already done, just like Dawn. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.